Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Well, 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 there were two things that were pretty much a certainty. Well, one of them was definitely a certainty this weekend, that Newcastle had not scored more than once in any of their 10 opening Premier League games. The other one was that away Newcastle fans hadn't really celebrated with Steve Bruce at any of their travelling fixtures this season. Safe to say both of those things have now happened. Gents, this is the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sports. Me, Matt Beadle, in for Charlie Hawkins for one week only. And... I've got to say, gents, it is great to have you here. I'm with the boys from We Are West Ham, of course, James Jones and Will Pugh, alongside Tom Edwards as well. Fellas, I feel like I can just recline in my seat and let you guys <laughs> run yeah. away. Go on, um, Will. Another stat as well. Oh. I'm, I'm not going to... I can't be bothered with all the embarrassing, injective, shambles, pathetic. Um, but also, Manuel Pellegrini had never lost to Newcastle as a Premier League manager before Saturday. Just another reason I told everyone to get their house on us losing last week. I seem to remember you actually saying this to me <coughs> in the pub before the game. Mm. Uh, and it's a very hazy memory because, you know, naturally... England I, I was out early watching England play playing the World Cup final. Mm-hmm. So by the time I met you, Will, I, I you know I, I felt to say I'd had a few, and I, I one of the only things I remember from Saturday, apart from the shambolic performance, was you telling me all of these stats, which which kind of pointed to Newcastle rocking up and, and getting all three points. If you ever want to play, if you ever want to strike who hasn't scored a goal or a team hasn't won in a few weeks, the one team you want to play is West Ham, and we'll give it to you on a plate. And it's exactly what we did. Well, do you know what? It's funny because Norwich have this same outlook as well. Along Come Norwich is their phrase. And we actually do a Norwich fan show with the guys from Along Come Norwich. They created a podcast for it. And the idea is that whenever you need a record-breaking, whenever you need something to stop or to start, Along Come Norwich to do that. Are you saying that, that West Ham are the new one? 
Well, funnily enough, when uh, when me and James are rebranding and like launching this this platform for the for this season, when we come up with the name We Are West Ham, our, one of our first prototypes was actually same old West Ham. We thought, no, 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 that's too negative. We're a new <laughs> club this season. We're we're shedding that old tag, aren't we? Of you know, our West Ham just always lose. We always let us down. We're like, no, nope, we're not doing that anymore. So more positive. And well, we, we worked, basically what you're saying is be rebranded wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were wrong. Yeah. yeah, we were wrong. Yeah, we should have stuck with same old West Ham, yeah. shouldn't we? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just ridiculous now. Um, but I was I, mean, I was thinking about it this morning because, you know, it was only what a month ago that we were. I think we we'd beaten Man United, or maybe six weeks ago. Six weeks ago, probably isn't it. Uh, we'd beaten United. We were third for twenty four hours before the Sunday games, and then you know I think. I don't know Chelsea won or Arsenal won, and then we dropped down to fourth or fifth. And then for us, that you know, that's still really good. And everyone was on a high, and you know, we were coming here on a Tuesday, and we were ran, you know, we were raving about how great we were, and how this is the season that we finally, you know, deliver on the on the promise that the new stadium is going to bring the football club, and you know that the ambition was finally being realised. Uh, and then what? Six weeks later, we're we're moaning because you know we've not won in six games and we've been battered by Oxford in the cup. We've failed to beat Sheffield United and at, at home we we were three 0 down at home to a really Palace. poor Newcastle. We lost at home to Crystal Palace. Lost away to Everton and Everton that were <laughs> yeah, keep going uh, <laughs> and Everton that were one defeat away from sacking their manager. Yeah, of course they were going to beat us. And you know I was thinking about this morning and I just thought, hang on. This isn't anything different to what we're actually used to. So, I mean, us being so upset and so outraged and uh, as collectively as a group, not just us uh, in the studio, but as, as, as collectively as West Ham, West Ham fans, isn't anything new. Like, we, this isn't like a completely uh, alien territory to us. You know, it's not like Arsenal fans that are just absolutely livid because they've lost a few games, you know, having won a few Premier League titles in the past. Okay, given that was a, a long, long, long time, time ago. ago yeah. But at least they've, they've won a few and they've won record amount of FA Cups, but they're just upset because their manager doesn't play great tactics. We had maybe four games where we were like, oh, maybe this is going to get better. And now it's just gone back to the norm and now we're all a little bit upset. And maybe maybe it's just we're a little bit upset that we've just reverted back to the norm after a couple of really good weeks. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm just I'm trying to find the positives, chaps. I I'm think, just trying to find the positives. I think for me, the, the frustrating thing about it is, is we showed in patches, even when we were picking up points, we weren't great. We weren't amazing at Watford. They were a poor team. We weren't amazing against United, but we still won. Performance levels all season haven't been that good. But the fact we were picking up points and Norwich... It's probably the one guy I know is Norwich, a free-flowing football, so it's easy to open up against them. But we had one performance this season where we showed how good we are on our front six and we were picking up points along the way. And I think the mentality of the West Ham fans at that point was like, we're actually picking up points, we're not playing that well. So maybe there is a bit of hope that Pellegrini's got his ideas across and he's actually thinking like a big club, like we all say all the time. But it, it we've just crumbled against the fixtures against the teams around us yet again like last season we crumbled against the teams who we should be beating if we want to do anything I think the annoying bit this week is just it's just so roller coastery. and that is a, that's definitely a word I've checked before and <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you but, use it, yeah. it. <laughs> do you know what, but do you know what I mean like James just said then on the back of the United win we were 6th, 5th, 4th, 3rd whatever it was up in those higher echelons of the league and even then, you, I remember saying it at the time, I was like, at least we, what we are at the moment, we're ahead of the pre-season expectation curve. Mm. That's, that's what we were at the time. I thought, excellent. 
And I thought the next bunch of games, it doesn't really matter anymore if we don't win every single one of them. If you throw a couple of wins in there and you get six points, then after how many games we're at now, 11 games, that will maybe will have dropped down slightly to back to that pre-season expectation curve and we'd be right on that and maybe sitting around eighth. Even as frustrating as I've been all week and I wasn't looking forward to the show at all because I don't want to talk about the game again. But... I th- there's every chance, which will be main, the main root of frustration for so many people anyway, there's every chance we go to Burnley this weekend, win 3-0, and we're back in eighth place. I think we can technically go seventh, depending on other results and goal difference next week, but likely eighth or ninth if we win. And all of a sudden, it, it's not too bad again. I, I just don't like the roller coaster nature of it. I just think once you've, got, once you've had that excellent start to the season, mm. even if you just revert back then to 10th place form, if you've already given yourself the boost to be in 4th or 5th or, or whatever you were, if you just revert back and stick to 10th place form the rest of the year, you end up in like 8th, 7th towards the end of the year. It's not too bad. I'm just annoyed because it's like, oh, 13th again, brilliant. I think, <laughs> I think that the problem we've got at the moment is that the Premier League... The majority of the Premier League is still quite tight in terms of points. I mean, there's four points between fifth place Arsenal and then thirteenth place West Ham. Mm. So it's four points mm. after eleven games. So, and the reason why we're we're thirteenth and not a little bit closer is because historically we're just rubbish at having good goal differences. You know, right? <laughs> we've only finished with a positive goal difference once in the Premier League era, and that was the last season at Upton Park under Slaven Bilic. Mm. Um, so. We're always going to be at the bottom half of that sort of, you know, the, the tightness of how the Premier League works because we've never got a good goal difference. And we've got minus three at the moment, which isn't terrible. But, you know, we're four points off fifth. So is that really a bad thing? Well, this you're it right. It doesn't in sound the, that bad, does it? No, the Premier League is incredibly tight this season. I mean, look, Sheffield United are in sixth, Bournemouth in seventh, Palace just dropped down after the weekend's defeat to Leicester, Brighton in eighth. I mean, it could literally take a couple of wins, Will. It's the it's performance, though. I think that's what it is this time. It's the performances. I think uh, Tom was spot on there. Uh, I remember going up to Villa Park earlier in the year. We got a nil-nil there. We were the second-best team. We went to Brighton, got a one-all there. We were the second-best team. But we're picking up points. We're unbeaten away from home. We thought, this isn't too bad. And we weren't abysmal. We were, you know, we could have been better, but we weren't abysmal. Everton was shambolic. And I said then, oh, that was by far the worst performance of the season. All right, yeah, we've got one of those in us. Hopefully we'll get rid of us. Sheffield United was unprofessional, one nil up. And the softest, most Sunday league goal you'll ever see mm. gets them back in the game, and then you think, ah, oh, right, maybe there's two. We'll get them out, but it's three abject performances in a row. Mm. Sheffield United wasn't quite abject, but even that was five out of ten max. And I just now you're just like it doesn't. Although the league position is important, and it is easy to say, oh, we're only a few points off of seventh. It's the performances that are most worrying because that yeah. was a shambles. Yeah, exactly. At half time, realistically, if if say Maxime had taken his chance, whatever it could have been four, five, and Sh- six Shelby nil. at the bar as well, yeah, it was e- five nil, yeah, easy five six nil, easy at half time when you're at home and you you come out this season, we and everyone previous shows in pre season asking about who we're around, and someone said Newcastle, and I laughed at them in a sense that our squad compared to them, particularly the managers, are also they got in Bruce, which is a backwards thinking manager in a lot of ways, in that Newcastle fans would say so, but. We just didn't. We got absolutely played off a of park and battered and tactically outdone by a Newcastle team with Steve Bruce as the manager, and that is that is unacceptable. We could accept a loss when we we're on top of them. They score a breakaway goal or a set piece goal. Be more likely to accept that. But the fact we got completely battered and there was 
3-2 flattered us at home to Newcastle. And for that to be the case after on the back of a home loss to Palace, the Everton result, Sheffield United, or you'd expect a reaction. And we've got nothing so far. And that's the big worry is the performance. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned Pellegrini as well. I know we're going to get on to him in the second section. I do not understand why we played so, so bad. Quite an interesting mm. comment from him. But I just want to quickly flag up an eerie similarity to this point last season and to where we are now in that Manchester United have played a role in this because obviously you hammered United last season. Same again this season. Last season when you beat United, you went six games with just one Premier League win. Went on a bit of a downward curve after that. And the positive, gents, to take out of this, that one win, Burnley. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah. you go. Mate, you I'll can come back that. again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, maybe it is that. Maybe we got a bit big time after that United game. But what everyone forgets, Man United didn't have Pogba, Luke Shaw and Martial in that team. And everyone laughs when I say Luke Shaw. He was the player of the year last season mm. for United. Pogba, the, the stats speak for themselves. He's something like, I read a piece today, he's got more assists and goal scoring opportunities he's created for United from the five, game, five Premier League games he's played compared to uh, McTominay, Prayer and Fred combined. So him missing is huge. Martial... Man United fans might be mixed opinions on him, but loves a goal against West Ham. Absolutely loves a goal against West yeah. Ham. And so although it was, it was a solid performance, we didn't really come out of third gear. And Man United were just poor. We just weren't very good. So, and again, maybe it is that. Maybe after that game, it went to the head. Oh, I've beaten Man United at home. We're brilliant. I'm not. I, I just don't know. That's what's frustrating. I went mm. on a uh, went on quite a, a prominent uh, channel yesterday to talk about talk about the game at the weekend, and it's almost embarrassing. I got asked, it's the guys at the Anfield Rep, and I got asked by them. Uh, so, Will, you know, you're at the game, you watch West Ham week in week out. Oh, what is it? What do you put it down to? And it's embarrassing. Cause I'm sort of there in some sort of you know capacity where I watch the team week in week out. I should know, mm. and I'm sitting there going. I, I just don't know. I, I'm not sure. I, I'd love the to worry be able to say that something. Not even Pellegrini knows either. Yeah. Mm. That's the problem. It, it's we have so many players who one week are world beaters and absolutely they do things. You look at it and say, "Oh, we, we've got a serious team here." And then the next week they'll make catastrophic mistakes, won't want to get on the ball, and won't take people on. And that's what's so frustrating. Yep, indeed it is. This is the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport. Plenty more Pellegrini patter coming up. For the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio. The West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport. Me, Matt Beadle, for one week only, replacing Charlie Hawkins with the boys from We Are West Ham. James Jones, Will Pugh and Tom Edwards with us this week as well. Will, I understand you've been getting vocal on Twitter. Yeah, we had a um, so Ed Ford and one of our regular listeners got in touch with me yesterday. I put out a tweet actually, just which is one of the bits of positivity that I did put on the running order earlier was that Grady Dean Garner mm. played fantastically well for West Brom last night, set up the first one, then won the penalty for the second, and he was brilliant. Um, and I just put out on Twitter yesterday that one bit of positivity from the week is Dean Garner doing well, hard to ignore calls for a January recall and Ed who like I say gets in touch with the show quite a lot just put it to me again after we've been sticking up for Pellegrini last week and said are you still behind him and we uh, we had a little bit of a bit of an exchange and I think Ed's on the line now I just said come, come on tomorrow and we'll have a have a chat about it properly and um, Ed what do you think you still critical or you backing me hi guys how's it going yeah very well oh, thanks mate. mate thanks for joining us yeah no problem um, I mean the trouble is with the fixtures we've had and the lack of points on the board and the fixtures we've got you know, coming up, it's 
going to be very difficult for me to stay positive Pellegrini. I mean, I've, 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 I thought it was a great appointment at the time. Um, he's one of the highest pay managers in the league, as you always know. And I don't really think we're seeing the football that is wage illustrates, to be honest. So, Ed, Ed, one of the things, obviously, when we were, for those who haven't seen it, when, you, when we were chatting about it on Twitter last night, I just said, you said, am I still confident in Pellegrini? I said, for sure. I agree the Frederick Zabaleta choice was an odd one. But the thing that's annoying me at the moment with this Pellegrini out chat is that I think there's plenty of people that I'd be looking for, looking at before Manuel, who haven't earned their money or done their job properly in recent weeks. We were chatting earlier, mainly Felipe Anderson is frustrating the hell out of me recently, Lanzini as well. Do you think, do you still put that on to Pellegrini that it's his responsibility to, to sort them out? Um, well, does it does it not come down to a bit of man management? Because obviously, you know, Anderson's done it before and Lanzini, all those players on the pitch. I mean, for example, when he plays four now, he tends to stick him out wide, which I have no idea why, when he's got no pace. He clearly needs to be, you know, touched up with Pallad behind as a sort of number 10 role. I just, it's just obvious things and it feels like the fans can see it. You know, when I stay, you know, I, I sit in a hospital, by the way. I'm sure you guys would appreciate that. Oh, um, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, That's a bit of everyone, <laughs> everyone can see where these players need to play. And I just don't feel like at times Pellegrini's doing it. And, and I, 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 he's obviously, you know, he's got the potentials behind him. He's done it before. He's won the league, etc. Um, I just, um, with the fixtures coming up, I just think it's only going to get worse for him. And then the fans are really going to turn. That's my only concern. I don't, I don't. I think he's struggling to motivate the players at this current time. Um, so I'm just, I'm trying to find when the turning point's going to be. That's all. I agree, I agree with your some of your things, Ed. On I, I think some of the decisions at the weekend were questionable tactically. But do you not think that he's still only a year and a half into the role? Who else could we even get at this point? It would disrupt a lot of things, and we did show a bit of promise at the start. So basically, who, what, what would your alternative be if you wanted to get rid of Pellegrini? It's not necessarily... I mean, you could all say go get Jose. I don't, I don't think he'd come to us who would want money, blah, 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 etc. I don't necessarily say... Um, it's, it's, it's a difficult one, really, because you can't, you can't just get him out because there's no one to get in. And I always tend to give, like... For example, the first season that he had at the, at the club, that's his settling period for me. You know, he spent about 150, 160 odd mil. So I feel like this is his team, bar a couple of players that are obviously still there. Um, it's just I don't, I don't, I don't know what he's got left for us, mm. unless the team, unless it is the players. You know, they start turning it around because I'd like to think the team now picked itself. But you know, he dropped Obano, he dropped Frederick, the two best performers. Um, in his defence, Fabianski, clearly first name team sheet has yeah. not helped at all. Um, but you know there is there isn't a lot out there. I, I, I get that, and I'm, I'm happy to give him. You know, I'd like to give him to the end of the season, but with the games coming up, I mean, how many points we're going to pick up from that, and in what position we're going to be in then? Our season's just sort of, you know, gone down the swan, and it's just a bit pointless, really. Like, unless he then goes for the FA Cup, but I think I think we all know he ain't going to go for that, is he? Ed, Ed, do you not think that? You know, given the way that modern football is going and that a lot of clubs are sort of pulling the trigger very, very quickly on managers that, you know, perhaps aren't delivering after a year, 18 months, two years, that perhaps that we should try and break that mould a little bit. Because, I mean, as much as the last few weeks has been pretty terrible and quite unbearable for us to, to watch... You know, I don't think there's any danger of us actually going down, right? Right? You well, you laugh about it. No, no, no. Exactly. I genuinely think that you know, we, 
we're not gonna we're not gonna go on a slump where we where we haven't won in twenty games and it's gonna go. I say that now. I hope that don't happen. But um, but I just think that perhaps you know he, he still hasn't really got the squad that he really believes he wants. Uh, and you know, do you not think that perhaps actually doing what other clubs don't particularly do these days and actually keeping a bit of faith in him and you know maybe backing him next summer giving him a little bit of money in January but I know January's a little bit awkward for, for Golden Sullivan and any other football club really it's quite a difficult window uh, and just sort of seeing where this pans out maybe beyond next summer uh, I just feel that you know everyone knows my feelings about it, like after I after what I said last week but just feel that it's too early to really make a real judgement call on him just yet I mean, I've said it is, but you know, the, the games we've, we've still got: Spurs, Chelsea, Arsenal, Leicester, Liverpool. We haven't even played any of that. I mean, Burn, even Burnley away, we, we never get anything there. You, you know, we'll probably win most of them, though, don't you, Ed? You know what'll yeah, happen yeah, now? Know, we'll probably win all them, yeah. won't we? <laughs> and we'll yeah, be third by Christmas. Yeah. I mean, as long as we beat Spurs, I don't really care what we do. <laughs> <laughs> what? Just, what you said, James? I don't like. What's the point on? Being happy about no, we're going to survive relegation. Like, I mean, I, you know, I've always been, I've always been a, quite all right with the ball. To be honest, I've, I've never been the ball out. I've, you know, and now they've dipped their hands in their pockets. Mm. You know, we we're not seeing a turnaround, and the board must be raging about. You know, we've bought, you know, spent a lot of dough on some players. We're still sitting mid-table, and now we're looking over our shoulder, and it's just like we threw away the cup. Is, is this what we want as West Ham fans? We moved to the stadium for a bit of a boost, you know, to be challenging the top half of the table and it's just mediocrity at the moment yeah I get that Yeah, Ed mate thank you very much for coming on boss really appreciate it no problem cheers guys cheers, cheers mate cheers. cheers interesting stuff from Ed there gents I just want to quickly pull up a quote that Robert Snodgrass made after the game another bit of positivity by the way consecutive was goals he, was he talking about Grady Diangana <laughs> <laughs> but consecutive goals so you know it's always a good thing but he said after the game that it's a bad result it's a performance that isn't West Ham-like, right? Well, it is. Well, <laughs> the definition of us. This is, this is kind of what I want to bring up because, Will, I actually sent a message to you during the week. Now, do you mind if I bring that up? No, absolutely. It was so, too soon. But... So, <laughs> so I spotted on Twitter, and this is from a Newcastle fan, who before the game said there are three West Hams. Now, he said, one, the new age fancy one who pass it to each other and look all right. Two, the one that will show up out of the blue and play not very well because they don't fancy it. Three, the West Ham way, which nobody has ever seen, but we've heard loads about. Now, Robert Snodgrass has said, basically, we didn't play the West Ham way. Gents, please enlighten me. What is it? Can I? Can I just? Can I just defend the West Ham way for just for a little bit? Because <laughs> God, because the the West Ham way. Okay, the reason why no one's seen the West Ham way is because the West Ham way existed in the in the fifties, sixties, and seventies. Uh, the older generation of West Ham fans will go, yeah, there was once a mm. West Ham way. Um, and you know, I mean, eighty-five, eighty-six. Last time, wasn't it? Probably the last time we really saw it. But I mean, it, it was invented, you know, yeah. in the fifties and sixties, and then sort of, you know, it was developed then into the seventies, and then a little bit in the eighties. But we've oh, not yeah. really seen it since then. Um, so we, I can understand why everyone goes, "Ah, oh, what? What is the West Ham way? West Ham have never had the West Ham way." Well, to a lot of football fans these days, football didn't exist before the Premier League started. Mm. So no wonder they've never seen the West Ham way, or they, you know, they rubbish it. Um, so. I can get why a lot a lot of fans just go, oh yeah, well what's that? West Ham have never been a good football inside when actually we were a very good football inside back in the day when um 
you know, when we were quite good at football. We're not very good at football at the moment, but, you know, it is what it is. So I get what Snodgrass is trying to say there, um, but you've got a lot of it as well yeah. because we haven't played like that for a long time. We've maybe the odd season under Billich. And yeah, and currently, to be fair, the West Ham way is an unbelievable one week <laughs> yeah. and then getting turned over by someone you shouldn't the next week. And I think that that's... Everyone says that, and I agree with James. At the same time, we don't have a West Ham way. The identity of the club is still a free-flowing passing team who's going to go at people and hurt people. We try it. We're a lot worse than we were back then, but we, we, we're not a long ball. Since Allardyce, other than that little period, we've never been a long ball team strictly, other than the Carroll years. We've not really been like that, so we're trying to play the right way, but we're just doing it awful, and it's, it's like watching paint dry. I'd rather go long than don't, we have been last week. Don't you think it would have been well funny, though, if Snodgrass had come out afterwards and just went, yeah, well, that's the West Ham way, isn't it? <laughs> Sometimes you think have the, have the media teams sort of fed it into the players. Sometimes you know oh, every, every every third interview, just mention the West Ham way or say that isn't a West Ham performance. Yeah, he's a, he's a there's loads of people like that. I mean, we're lucky and noble when he comes out and does press that people actually want to hear from him because he's pretty honest and says what he means. But the amount, not just West Ham, it's every club. The amount of oh uh, yeah, we're happy with a free. Po- Marcus Rashford the other night said we're happy with the three oh. points after they just beaten Chelsea in the cup. Staggering, <laughs> wasn't it? And the, you know we're, we're all they've all get given a script, don't they? Yeah, we're happy with a points, did it for the team, not personal goals, blah, blah, blah. Like Football fans get bored of that and completely different tangent. But I think that's why there's such a disconnect you're seeing at Arsenal between Xhaka and the fans at the moment. Because most fans, they see the players on the telly, but they're just reading out someone else's words half the time, aren't they? Mm. So, yeah, the the West Ham way thing is a, is a crowd pleaser, if you like, for a lot of people that the media team will probably tickle in. And like exactly what you said, yeah, I'll just mention that every now and then. But you know, like when you, when you, most people, not just the three of us in the studio, then would have made exactly those same jokes about it. That is basically the modern day West Ham way. Is exactly what we saw on Saturday. Yeah, indeed it was. And just to finish up on the personnel playing that day, I mean, the two subs at half time were interesting, right? Yarmolenko and Noble both taken off for Lanzini and Ayeti made his. Was that his? It's not his first appearance, but he's no, gradually he's, been implemented. I think that was the most minutes he's spent on the pitch in yeah. the Premier League but at one time. Interestingly, he made those subs. I mean, that's quite a, a statement I think. Pellegrini. I think that whoever watched that game, no matter what manager, you had to make changes at half-time, whether they were right or wrong. For me, the first sub I would have done after about 20 minutes of watching the game, Zabaleta off for Frederick. He was getting torn apart for pace, and it was an obvious thing before the game, even more obvious when it kicked off, and that was the main one. At half time, I, I knew he was going to come out and make changes, but I thought Zabaleta would be the first name off, and that surprised me. I think Noble surprised me a little bit because he can control games for us and he's brilliant at that, but he had to make changes and yes, he had to get close to Haller. We had to and, have someone closer. And Noble's a captain and he was doing nothing. When we went 2-0 down, I remember looking at him a few times and normally he's there like rallying everyone, going, come on, what the hell are you doing? Uh, which is, you know, what everyone sort of celebrates him for. There was none of that. He was just sort of trapsing around with his head down like everyone else was, which was, I don't know, when it's sort of your main selling point and mm. your, your football inability might just not quite be as good as, as some of the other people Watch in your it. team and you're there for that galvanising mental side of the game I was very disappointed not, not to see that but you know don't worry James I still love him still love him we still love him uh, right let's draw a line under it fellas it's gone it's over this is the West Ham fan show on Love Spot we are going to look ahead next to the Burnley game from Ali to Zaha we've got it covered Love Sport Radio 
the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport. Me, Matt Beadle, standing in for Charlie Hawkins for one week only. Charlie is at home now. I imagine he's sat on his sofa listening to us chew the fat, gents. It's me with the boys from We Are West Ham. As always, James Jones, Will Pugh and Tom Edwards with us this evening. James, you've had some correspondence. Yes, uh, Neil from Down Under Lovely. tunes into our YouTube live stream. We love Neil, don't every we? Every week, Neil from Down Under. So we'll just wave at the cameras for Neil. What time is um, it in Australia? It, I know. Sorry, I, am. I mean, he tuned in at the beginning of the show at five thirty-five a.m. So uh, it's great commitment from Neil. Um, as always, I've asked him to get his questions in, and not so much asked a question, but he's had a say about the. Uh, I mean, as, as we can see, like quite a lot. I mean, he's, say, a lot yeah, yeah. he's just had a say about what, what's going on with the fixtures and stuff like that. So Neil said that the loss to Palace was just one of those games where we didn't take our chances. The loss to Everton, we just didn't make any chances. And the draw with Sheffield United was bad team selection and bad subs. Starting the same team against Newcastle was even weirder. Mm. And our next yeah. games are Burnley, Spurs, Chelsea, Wolves, Arsenal, Southampton before meeting Palace on Boxing Day. Year-end, we play Leicester on December 28th. And if you haven't seen a marked improvement in both the manager and the team's performance by then, I think Pellegrini's future at West Ham will no longer be an option. Did uh, Neil have his say on the, the West Ham way as well? He did. And at the end, uh, and quite fittingly, and I, lo- I love it actually, unfortunately, West Ham way has been turned into a cul-de-sac. <laughs> and, Very um, good, Neil. Yeah, I think, I think that's about right. So, yeah, th- thanks for that, Neil. Um, and I agree. I think you know. I mean, if we if we struggle to mm. pick up en- any real positive improvements on form and results between now and Boxing Day, then I can't imagine Pellegrini will be around for much longer. No, I. I the one thing I, I he shouldn't potentially if we we aren't picking up points by then. I I completely on board with the fact that we need something else. We need something fresh. But we've got to remember the type of owners we have. Don't get me wrong. They've put their money in their pockets. And they've bought a few high profile players. But well, I think we all know that Pellegrini, as long as we're not getting relegated, he's going to be there for at least the rest of this season because of his contract. He's a fourth highest paid manager in the league, is he? Yeah. So he, he, we're not gonna we're not gonna sack him if we're not quite achieving what we want to, but we're not getting relegated. West Ham will keep the keep their hands in their pockets and they won't get rid of him, and that's mm. just how it is. Yeah. It's a shame. Yep, indeed. Right, we're going to switch back to the phone lines now. It is time for the opposition view. <clears throat> of course, it is Burnley this weekend. Contrasting fortunes, really, at Turf Moor in the past three seasons since they returned to the Premier League. A win for each and a draw. Joe from the Turfcast Burnley podcast is on the line now. Joe, thanks for joining us. Before we get into it, actually, what's your take on the West Ham way? Um, well, obviously, this season you've uh, not started off the best. Well, it was a bit weird. You actually started quite well, didn't you? <clears throat> and I was looking at um, your fixtures and your results early today for, for my podcast. I noticed that you hadn't won um, since the Manchester United game, which I found absolutely staggering. So, yeah, right, Joe. Um, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. about it. Well, I, I was just shocked at it. I was, I'm like, sure they've won since then. I've, I've misread that, surely. And no, I hadn't. Because I, I remember watching that. I'm thinking, wow, West Ham are going to do well this season. But obviously, you've just sort of like stuttered since then, unfortunately, for you guys. Hmm. And the game this weekend, Joe, I mean, Burnley, a defeat this weekend as well. I have to say, Sean Dyche's comments afterwards, I thought he was going to lambast the referees, which he normally tends to do. He didn't really. Mm. He just said, no, we were beaten by the better team. It was quite refreshing. Yeah, yeah it, it, to be fair, I, th- I think he's got a bit of a reputation from opposition fans for just constantly going to the referee. But half of it, well, 90% of it is justified. I think every now and then I do read it. I think, come on, Sean, we got battered today. But nine times out of ten, if we do get battered, he comes out and says we weren't good enough. And I respect him for that. But it was pretty much his, his choices and team selection were the reason why we got battered. So 
Um, it were also refreshing to see, though, that he did say, yeah, we got battered, and there's now shirts up for grabs, so hopefully there's a few changes this weekend for us. Joe, I, I read a piece this week, I think it was in The Athletic, um, quite an uplifting piece on Sean Dyche, but to be yeah. quite honest with you, it was, the, it was the same sort of stuff that I'm used to hearing and reading about Sean Dyche, you know, that he's he's, he's fantastically maverick individual character, that he's, his methods are really different, he's got really good man management skills, he cares for players after they've left the club, etc, etc, etc. All things that are, are obviously true of the man, he's, he's held in high regard, and just looking at the tables there, you're a point behind us, I think 14th, you're, you're sitting in at the moment and uh, do you know what I mean you're going into this Claret and Blue derby as it's is it often dubbed this weekend and I just feel like for Burnley if if you ended up there at the end of the season again is is that just sort of acceptable because we're sitting over here think getting really frustrated that I know it's sort of early in the season but getting frustrated that we might not see progress again we finished 10th last year rightly or wrongly West Ham fans have got in their head that we belong further up the table than that mm-hmm. is it is it right that as a Burnley fan you're sort of just happy to to be there or is am I sort of being a bit naive with that uh, it's a little bit of both, really. Like you do want to see progress, um, as as like you said, West Ham fans do. <clears throat> Excuse me, but obviously you spent a lot of money, so you can kind of demand that progress now. Uh, you've got big name managers in, high paid managers, high paid players as well, so you can kind of demand that. But for us, it, it is one of them. It's always seventeen first, then kick on. But it does get a little bit frustrating when you think, right, we're going to kick on this week. We'll, we are now an established Premier League side. There's no two ways about it. We might be a small club, but we are an established Premier League side, and. For, for us to be going to the to places like Bramall Lane and Fulham last season and getting turned over, it can be quite frustrating. So I am hoping to start to see a bit of progress this season or maybe next season if we survive. Obviously, the last couple of results um, might suggest otherwise. But um, yeah, it is a little bit frustrating. I, I do want to see us start maybe aiming more for, for 10th rather than just 14th because we obviously had that one season where we finished in the Europa League. Um, so the, you know, the quality is there in terms of Sean Dice, but... We obviously, the problem with us is we just don't spend enough money to be able to, to attract the sort of players in there to be able to get us to do that. Whereas obviously the likes of Bournemouth, who are another small club, and Watford, they, they could pay their players quite a lot of money, whereas we can't. Hi, Joe. So um, on the game of the weekend, do you guys think that West Ham are likely to have the possession? I'm not saying it's going to be good possession, I'll tell you that. But <laughs> we're likely to have the ball. Do you think that you guys are likely to open up against us? Because I'm begging you do, because they're the type of teams we actually have a chance of scoring <clears> goals against. But... I'm just wondering how you guys see the game and if you're going to come out the blocks and actually go for us rather than sit back and try to hit us on the counter. How do you think you'll set up? It's, 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 we'll just set up where we always do. Two banks of four. Um, it's not a defensive style, but it's more like a compact style and then try and utilise the wings with Dwight McNeil, uh, the young lad on the wings who mm. introduced himself to you lot last season. His quality. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's brilliant. Um, to say he came in pretty much unheard of, uh, the, lad, the lad's class, and obviously a lot of top six clubs looking at him, which you know is completely justified. But I can't. we don't open up against anybody, to be honest, mate, so I can't really see he's opening up against you. It'll be the mm. same stuff. Utilise the wings. Hopefully Chris Wood's playing because I think he's he's the main reason why we've been so poor the last two games. <clears throat> um, hopefully he's playing. Try and get the ball up to him so he can hold it up. Then the likes of Dwight and um, and the other midfielders like Westy and Cole can come into play and and get balls in and do it that way because uh, we scored quite early on against you last season. I think didn't we? I think Chris Wood himself scored quite early on. But it, it was the same thing. We didn't really come out. I, I never really use the phrase coming out the blocks for Burnley because mm. I don't think we ever really do that. It's like teams like. Your Liverpool's and maybe your Bournemouth, the way they play, that's the sort of phrase I'd use, uh, I'd use for them. But for us, it's more a case of slow and steady wins the race. I don't know. Like We'll, we'll, we'll just get, hopefully, some set pieces in, some corners, bombard you with crosses, and, and hopefully you'll crack. Joe, I feel like I already know the answer to this question because 
all of we've been saying it all every single week in the studio here that we don't know what West Ham team are going to turn up next week. Every single opposition view we do says I don't know what team West Ham are going to or what West Ham team are going to turn up this week. Is there is there a sense of fear among Burnley fans or is there a sort of a boyish confidence going into the game? I think at the minute it's a bit of both. Um, personally, I'm probably erring more on the fear side because I know you've got some quality players. Uh, like I said, we played you really, really. It'd be good if you could game. tell them that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we've been, we've been really poor. Like we've conceded what is it nine in the last three games, and that is just not 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 what we're known for. We're known for being good at the back and being strong defensively and having a goalkeeper that'll come out and collect crosses. But we've just been so poor. Like getting to, I know respect for, to Sheffield United that they've done really well this season. I'm really impressed with them. But going there and being three 0 down at half time is unacceptable. Um, so it's just one of them things. Um, I think a few fans are going into it because they're thinking, right, this is the game where we're earmarking now for three points after a poor run of form. But you are in exactly the same position. So people are saying that short. Well, I think it was last season actually. We, we, we refer to the West Ham game quite a lot because that was when our season turned around because we got battered 5 0 on Boxing Day against Everton. Then we played you not long after. I think it was the next game actually. And then we beat you. And we kind of just kicked on from there. And we need like a West Ham awakening like we did last season again this season. I know it's probably been a little bit dramatic because we're not in the position that we were last season. Join but we need yeah. that again. I'm sure we'll we oblige, Joe. Well, hopefully you do, guys. Hopefully you do. A West Ham awakening. <laughs> I like that one, Joe. Joe, it's been great yeah. having you on, boss. Just before you go, a quick score prediction from you. Oh, you know, I know you said quick, but I'm just going to quickly say, if Chris Wood starts, he's that important to us, I think it'll be 2-0, 2-1. But if not, it could be 1-1, 2-1 to you. But fingers crossed for our team selection as well because we need uh, Charlie Taylor at left-back. Lovely stuff. Cheers, Joe. Cheers, guys. Cheers. That was Joe from the Turfcast Burnley podcast, kind of buying into your theory there about the fact that, you know, you kick-started their season. Of course, we, we do it to virtually everyone. Honestly, anyone who needs a goal, <laughs> anyone who needs a win, we'd rather play teams in form. That is a sad thing. We'd rather play a flying Tottenham or a flying Chelsea and we know we can actually we'll step our performance up. We always seem to have these type of players who love it, when there's a big occasion. It's, it's not even a new thing, is it? No. It's been happening for years, yeah. decades. The army was the biggest one. He wouldn't, he wouldn't turn up at home against Wigan or something and be the yeah. best player on the pitch against United. we got tons of them. Good stuff. Well, this is the West Ham Fan Show on Love Spot. I'm looking forward to our next little bit. We're going to go rogue with the players' quiz. Giving your team a voice. Love Sport Radio. Are you throwing away your hard-earned money on expensive energy bills? Keep the price down when you turn the heating up. You could be saving hundreds by switching to a cheaper deal. A spokesman said.com compares all the best deals on the market to find you the one that saves the most cash. Find the cheapest energy tariffs for you. Go to a spokesman said.com and start saving today. This is the West Ham Fan Show on Love Spot. We've got about 12 minutes left. James, I believe there has been some action on the Twitter. Yeah, a couple of fans. Uh... Kevin underscore lock one. Uh, this will annoy you, Will. Uh, he Already says, has. <laughs> gets, so, gets so annoyed at all the blame put on Anderson. Only, he's the only player to sprint three quarters of the, prince, the pitch to defend and get on the goal line when Newcastle broke. He's under instruction to backtrack, and that's why he's not as offensive as we expect. I know we've got to get onto the quiz quickly, but so I'll sweep this one under the carpet very swiftly. That was the only time he sprinted all game. Next. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, and just quickly, Lewis John... A uh, regular listener, he's always tweeting us. Uh, he says, are you both in the Audrey Roberts out brigade with me now, guys? He needs to go. <laughs> I do like the Audrey Roberts yeah, it's shout. Yeah, quite a good one, that. I, I, think like we've, that. Uh, I think we've made it pretty clear. Uh, not, not yet. yet. Not, not yet. yet. Not yet. No, not just yet. a few more weeks left, Lewis, mate. 
Good stuff. Okay. Well, gents, it's time to move on to the quiz. Will, I'm going to hand over to you for rules and regs and current scores. Well, you gave us a bit of grief last week, Matt, didn't you, when you were listening in? Because we didn't get Lee Chapman very quickly. But, Mm. yeah, so it's uh, James took the lead, actually. He was to stop the rock because I was 4-1 down weeks ago now. I got it back to 4-0 and then James nicked it 2-1 last week. So it's 5-4 to James on game weeks and 14-13 on points difference. So still very tight going into Christmas. But all to play for, unfortunately, Tom because it's such a serious event this the West Ham players quiz just has to sit there and heckle us more happy to heckle you (laughs) (laughs) lovely stuff well each week counts as one round right and it's best of three for who takes the round each week let's go it's really heating up now love it love it right here we go number one first player signed in January 1996 (laughs) You're lucky I'm not playing. No? Nah, go on. Two goals for the club against Man City and Tottenham. Wait. What do you mean, wait? That's not how it works. <laughs> Next clue, please. Wait. <laughs> if you say an answer, you're out, right? You're done. No, no, no. no, no. Keep going. Just, just, yeah, yeah, nice, nice. In. Okay. Clue three. Only played nine times for the club. Crikey. I thought he played Hello? more. 96. All right. Go on. Clue four. He wore number 16. Is it Radishayu? It's not. Oh, see you later. <laughs> I feel like that's a common answer every week. Future? No, no, he was number 10. Oh, oh Darnie. Correct. Oh, it is Darnie. Wonderful stuff. Do you know what? The one thing I remember about Darnie, I remember reading an article, perhaps you shouldn't have been reading it, in FHM at the time, from Louise, who was then nerding and not Redknapp. And this is when celebrities could actually give normal answers and not worry about PRs and management and just say what they wanted to say. And they asked her about footballers. And she said, yeah, I, I like quite a few. I actually quite like that Darnie from West Ham. He was mm. a bit of a dish, wasn't he? He yeah. was a dish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, proper case, slick yeah, yeah. yeah, lovely stuff. <laughs> OK, second player. He played for five London clubs. Jimmy Walker. That is very premature, mate. Oh, no. but I, but I like it. I like the guess. Very premature. Wacker. Seen his autobiography cover, by the way, Jimmy Walker. It's brilliant. No. no. So it's too tense for other <laughs> topics at the moment. Okay, second clue. First goal for West Ham was against Middlesbrough in 2007. I know this is. If I don't get this, I'm going to be so fuming. Against Middlesbrough. Against Middlesbrough. All right, 2007. I know that year. It's a good year. Go on. He scored 12 goals in total. For West Ham? It's not what I was thinking. I am going to say, I don't think this is particularly rogue. I have to say, I do know it. Go on. Clue four. He represented England at every level from under 16 to the first team. You're going to kick yourselves. No, 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 don't. Next. Bobby Zamora. Incorrect. Oh, God. Last clue. He is currently managing outside the Premier League. Boyer? Lee Boyer? We had that a few weeks back. Uh, I want to kick your chair out of the room in a second, Will. (laughs) Can we have a recap of the clues? Played for five London clubs. First goal for West Ham was against Middlesbrough in 2007. Scored 12 goals. Correct. Oh, God. (laughs) Yes. That's enough, that's enough we'll to send you. him home, I'll tell it? you what. Ta-da, mate. You are struggling. So do we not do the third? Right. No, so we do the third. No, no, yeah. we do the third still, oh, yeah. Oh, to live points, points of course. Difference, yeah. Points difference. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to think. 
I thought he played for QPR, whoever it was. There's a way at the Parker didn't play for QPR, did he? No. It would have been Chelsea, Charlton, Fulham, West Ham, Spurs. Away at the Riverside, last minute winner. That's tough. I don't the need this from kit. you at the moment, Tom. <laughs> it's a great goal. It's such a, it's good a great place goal. To sit, yeah. I remember it. Yeah, I remember it. Ah, <laughs> oh, go on in. Okay, third and final player, just to get that points tally up for you, Will. Clue one: He started his career at Doncaster. Go on. He played twenty-five times between two thousand and three and two thousand and five. Sucks at Doncaster. <clears throat> God. Oh my God. <laughs> Go on. Uh, Stephen Bywater? No. Oh. I really want the next clue to be the one that helps you clinch it. He scored one goal away at Crewe in 2004. Adam Noland? <laughs> Callum Davenport? No to both, I'm afraid. Uh, Wayne Quinn? Nope. <laughs> Go on. He was sent off on the first day of the 2004 5 season at Leicester. No, next. Okay, final clue could be the one that clinches it because of the numbers. He wore number 24 and number three. Oh. Nah, it's not Wayne Quinn. Nah, 24. McCartney? Nope. Oh, 24 and three. John Harley? Nope. Oh, mate. You're in the right ballpark. Good shout, though. You're John in the right ballpark. Good shout. Oh. Oh, is it Rufus Brevet? It is oh, Rufus Brevet. It's three zip. I thought Andy Melville was who I thought. Big right, Rufus scored an absolute screamer once. Can't remember who it was against. Crew, by all accounts. Is it Crew? Yeah, scored one goal away at Crew. Love that. Have you got me three nil again? You were a broken man two weeks ago. This is absurd. Crikey, O'Reilly. Well, I've got a set. And listen, I must applaud you because you're feeling slightly under the weather today. This, this is true. I didn't want to wheel out that excuse before but everyone listening will have heard how bunged up I sound mm. fevers galore but you know if you want to take the hollow wind James it's up to you mate it's a bit like lasagna no, it's it. like lasagna gate I'll all over it, again no, I'll take it yeah <laughs> no wins a win Michael Carrick still bitter about it like 15 years later or whatever it was that would be me <laughs> 2031 still going ah oh, no that time I was ill <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed that fellas that is uh, that's a top notch quiz Quite the feature, isn't it? It's it even is, better yeah. sat in the back seat, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just chipping in. Yeah, everything little... seems so much easier when you're sat here. <clears throat> so that's what where you sat now. Six, six four, isn't six, it? To four, you, yeah. The pints, the pints are mine. The, but yeah, we're leading up to Christmas with uh, there's a few pints on it. The Christmas do the We Are West Ham Christmas do bonanza. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. It's just yeah. going to be what the three of us. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we haven't, we haven't set days. the date yet, so I'm going to keep shifting it back until I get a few more points back. <laughs> we might end up having it in about April. <laughs> yeah, we'll have it in the summer, won't we? <laughs> Twelve Next goals, Christmas. Scott Parker. I thought I don't know. Part of me thought he would have scored more. You know, I find it every week. Reese Bayliss it is who does the quiz for us. So shout out again, Reese, because we do appreciate mm. it. And uh, every time there's always something early doors. Like that London one, I was just thinking for the rest of it, I was like, I know this. I've heard this trivia before. I know they played for QPR. So that was it. I was just thinking for the rest of it, QPR. And it just froze you, doesn't it? But I, mm. I feel like I should get John Harley because I think he played number 24 and number three as well and was a left back. I think you're incorrect there. <laughs> you're just making up. But no. when he comes along, you'll be bang on John Harley. <laughs> uh, gents, we've got a couple of minutes left. Just final thoughts, reflections on Newcastle and the looking ahead to Burnley. I think I don't want to talk about Newcastle anymore. Mm. <laughs> so Can we just very quickly touch on Alan San Maximin? Absolutely gassing. Was it Zabaleta? Mm. I've never seen anything quite like it in my life. No. Yeah, but we could all gas Zabaleta. 
Bless you. I mean, Zabaleta is about 52 now. <laughs> so, yeah, it's no, no real surprise. You just don't really see that in the Premier League anymore. That was really old school. Unless it's Cresswell at the other side. No, I do, yeah, I just think <laughs> Luke, that's behind us now. All we can do is mm-hmm. is put it behind us. And you know what? I know we'll do score predictions in a minute, but I I genuinely think just in in keeping with the the new West Ham way that we've we've discussed tonight, I genuinely think we'll win at the weekend. And it'll be one of those just fairly convincing ones as well. Where you look back after us and go, we're just the weirdest football club in the it's, whole it's, world. It, it, it's the sort of thing that would happen, and you'd be happy for for you know, genuinely quite happy about it. But in the back of your mind, you'd be so annoyed that we've gone and, and, and won away at Burnley, but struggled to beat Newcastle, so Sheffield true. United, and Palace at home. Yeah, and it's just like, what what are we like? <laughs> why do we exist? Where are we going? <laughs> what, what, where are we so going? It's such an existential crisis going <laughs> yeah, on in the weird isn't it? Show. Yeah, it's what's the meaning of life? <laughs> why are we here? And also, I guess it's the international break as well, isn't it? So important to get a win before that that two week period well, the, that everyone's not going to want. The last international break, we beat Man United, yeah. and then it was like, oh, it's really annoying that it's come at that time. So perhaps we should lose, just yeah. so that we don't win going into that international break, and then just nice. Perhaps no, don't lose. Don't lose. Scores? Because that might be the only bit I get right this week. Um, I'm going to say 2-1. 3-1. 2-2. 2-2. Two, two. Lovely stuff. Okay. Thoroughly enjoyed this, gents. It has been a very enjoyable hour talking about the West Ham way. It's the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport. We will see you next Tuesday. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Sports Social Podcast Network.